Welcome to Snazzy Stories. Put some pepper in thy step and lend an ear to the terrific tales of the past. Welcome to Snazzy Stories. If you would like to keep the storytelling alive, please go to patreon.com slash snazzy stories and donate to my storytelling adventure. Also subscribe to Snazzy Stories podcast on iTunes and many other podcast apps or go to snazzystories.com. Since I began teaching Utah history a few years ago, I have decided that one of the most interesting and mysterious cultures in the United States are the Fremont people. These people resided in Wyoming, Idaho, Colorado, Arizona, Nevada, and Utah from about 700 to 1300 AD. And since I live in Utah and have visited Fremont sites within my state, my story today is going to focus specifically on the evidence found at Fremont sites in Utah. The Fremont people are named after the explorer, John C. Fremont, who had the Fremont River named after him, and along this river is where many archaeological information was found, and thus they are named the Fremont people. We will most likely never know what the ancient people referred to themselves as, but to us modern-day folk, the Fremont people will have to do. The Fremont people were primarily hunters and gatherers, but they did farm as well. Corn was one of their number one crops, although they did farm beans and squash, and they also ate pine nuts, berries, and nuts. They ground the corn into a mill using a matata and a mano. The matata was what they would put the corn on to be ground, and the mano is the stone that they would grind it with. Researchers have found that many of the Fremont people did not have good teeth, and they were ground down a bit. The reason for that was because the Fremont people were using these stones to prepare their food, and small pieces of the stones would break off and be ground into their food. Now these people would store their food in granaries out of adobe and in some cases built them in very precarious places. In Range Creek Canyon in eastern Utah, many granaries were found perched on the sides of cliffs. Now whether that was to keep animals out of their food or away from other groups wanting to steal their food, researchers are not quite sure. And the geography could have also been a bit different a thousand years ago or so, but those granaries were still in difficult to reach places. The theory is that maybe the hard-to-reach granaries were built when they had less to harvest, and so their food source was scarce. Therefore, they had to protect it the best way they could. The Fremont people did use nets made from plant fibers to catch fish, and snares were used to hunt smaller game like rabbits. One end of the snare was tied to a stick in the ground, and the other end had a loop that was tied with a slipknot. When the animal ran through the loop, the slipknot would close, capturing the animal. Arrowheads are often found on Fremont land, as well as arrows made out of reeds bound with sinew, some coming from the tendons of a deer's leg. And the greasewood foreshaft would remain stuck in the victim, whether it was animal or human. The Fremont people also had a unique shelter. It is called a pit house. Pit houses were structures that were dug into the ground covered with brush or logs and adobe. Evidence suggests that some pit houses averaged 12 feet across and were insulated with cedar bark and juniper. The pit house had an opening on top and a ladder to get down into the home. There was a fire pit or a hearth in the middle of the floor directly below the opening in the roof so the smoke could escape. There was also a vent tunnel on one side of the pit house connecting to the floor. This was used for air circulation. 
Some of these vent tunnels were big enough for storage or entrance to the pit house. Inside the pit house, the Fremont people had woven mats where they would sleep. The Fremont villages were often built by streams or marshes because the streams provided them with fish, but would also be necessary irrigation for their crops of corn, bean, and squash. However, one particular set of living quarters that was a bit curious was found in Range Creek Canyon, a village 900 feet above the canyon floor. It has been named the Deluxe Apartment in the Sky. The apartment in the sky is a cave in which the Fremont people made their own. It doesn't seem to have been a temporary shelter. The Fremont built a wall in front of the cave and used at least five different colors of mud patching here and there. Inside the cave is a storage bin made out of adobe, and the person who made it left their finger marks. Many corn cobs were found scattered just outside the cave, which of course indicates that people did live there, and it wasn't just a place to spend one night. Also outside the cave, remnants of at least six pit houses were found. This was not an easy place to get to every day, especially carrying water back and forth. But the question is, what drove them up so high? It seems to have been a defensive move to take the high ground to fight off other groups. Or maybe it was a religious move to be closer to the gods in some way. Hopefully with new research, we'll be able to find out why these people were driven up to the apartment in the sky. Archaeologists have also found that the Fremont people wore shoes, but they differed from their sandal-wearing Puebloan neighbors in that the Fremont people wore moccasins from a deer leg hide or mountain sheep leg hide. The hide was removed and cut in a way that allowed the dewclaw of the leg to project from the sole beneath the wearer's heel so that it could give additional traction. Some moccasins have been found that have been stuffed with juniper bark, and archaeologists think that this could have been for cushioning the foot or used for insulation during the colder months. We also know that the Fremont people had interactions with other groups because they seem to have traded with other groups of people. Shells have been found throughout the southwest in Fremont and Anasazi areas. Such shells came from the Pacific coast. And turquoise has also been found in parts of Utah, specifically in Clear Creek Canyon which had to have originated from somewhere else. Turquoise is not naturally found in Utah. The culture of the Fremont people is fairly mysterious, although archaeologists believe they did most likely live in family units. But were they religious people, or what kind of government did they have? Based on their rock art left behind and clay figurines that they have found, male and female, it is believed that these people were religious. There are countless rock art panels in Utah created by the Fremont people, but their exact meaning is still being discovered. But some interpretations by researchers believe these symbols are representations of religious events, hunting trips, travel routes, and migrations. The Fremont would depict themselves, often, possibly dressed in ceremonial clothing on their rock art. They also depicted bighorn sheep or deer, maybe from a good hunt. Some other symbols include snakes, lizards, and the sun, and sometimes handprints. In Clear Creek Canyon, there is a place called Cave of a Hundred Hands. There are 31 handprints in this cave. There is a natural overhang that is 23 feet wide, 7 feet high, and 10 feet deep. The handprints were made from using three different pigments and pressing the hands onto the rock walls. 
It seems that these prints are from different people because the handprints are different sizes. There are 14 right handprints and 16 left handprints, and one that has not been quite figured out yet. The Fremont culture began to decline in 1000 AD, and by 1300 AD, the people were non-existent. There is no clear evidence as to what changed for these people. But archaeologists believe there could be a number of factors in their disappearance, such as climate change, which they were living in harsher regions anyway, and a change in climate could have been detrimental to their way of life. The neighboring people, the Puebloans, could have begun trading with other cultures, thus leading to a decline of the Fremont people. And with the arrival of the Ute tribe and Paiute tribe and other tribes in the regions, that could have stressed resources. Or the Fremont people could have met up with these tribes and began warring with each other. Or they could have blended into another tribe. The Fremont people left behind a mysterious but also a fascinating story. One that has yet to be uncovered. What has been uncovered is only the tip of the iceberg. There is continued research on these people and what became of them. And I believe that the rock art or petroglyphs that these people left behind are the stories of these people's lives, daily lives, and big things that happen in their lives. This is their way of telling their story. As human beings, we thrive on stories. We love to hear stories, and we enjoy telling our own stories. I believe these people, even though they lived so long ago, still felt the need to tell their story, as evidenced today by the petroglyphs spread throughout Utah and the world by other cultures. Hopefully one day we will be able to figure out what happened to the Fremont people. But in the meantime, it is a fascinating story that has yet to be uncovered and that we can go and see all of the amazing stories that they left behind through their rock art and their petroglyphs and all of the evidence that has been uncovered for these people. Thank you for listening to Snazzy Stories. Come back again where everyone has a story.